Hello, and welcome to Soundtracks to Science, a podcast where we talk to scientists about the science and the music that they love. My name is Blair Perry. I am a postdoctoral researcher studying adaptation and evolution using genomics. And I'm Drew Shield. I'm also a postdoctoral researcher. I also study genomics, evolution, population genetics, and I'm interested in adaptation and speciation using these sorts of approaches. So this podcast stems from Drew and I's mutual passion for science and music. Uh, Science obviously is our career and kind of our main gig right now, but music is also something that we've are really passionate about and kind of have a bit of a shared history with. So Drew and I were in graduate school together a few years back and we shared an office. And when we weren't discussing the science or work that we were doing, we were typically sharing and talking about music. So we started this podcast kind of as a way to continue these conversations now that we're both working and living in different places, but also to have these conversations with other scientists, talk about their research, what interests them, but also about their musical interests and perhaps where their love of science and music collide. So we're really eager to chat with, you know, other scientists who, whether they have the same musical interests as us or not, we just want to know what people are into, what they listen to. And so each episode, we'll have a guest scientist on to talk about their research interests, what their current work is, you know, all of the ins and outs of you know, whatever their sub-discipline is, what their career trajectory looks like and where they see themselves going. And then we'll talk about their relationship with music, the sorts of musical artists that they enjoy, what styles or genres they find themselves listening to. Also, whether they happen to be a musician themselves, Blair and I are both musicians and we ended up actually collaborating on several musical projects. And so, yeah, we were interested to chat with other researchers about their participation in music, whether it's as a listener, a musician, both, all of the above. So since we're both biologists and we personally know a lot of other biologists, the guests will probably be skewed towards biology at the beginning, but we hope as this podcast continues and our listenership grows, um, that we'll make some new connections and expand to talk to scientists from a variety of disciplines outside of biology alone. So the the spirit of this podcast is to be largely conversational. We want to have these pretty organic conversations with, you know, amongst ourselves and other scientists. But we do have some planned segments, some sort of things to to keep a bit of a framework. You know, we're going to be sort of co-interviewing guests as we have them on. But um, a regular segment that we're planning is called Supplementary Songs, where we ask our guest to pick one of their papers or perhaps a project that they're currently working on or something that they've worked on in the past, or just maybe even an idea that they're really keen to investigate. And to then choose a song or an album to accompany that paper, project, idea, hypothesis, whatever it is. So we're sort of asking our guests to think a bit creatively to sort of make these sort of food and wine pairings, but when it comes to science and music. And so this can be things that they feel really fits that specific topic in a way, but it also could be sort of a time and place type thing. So I find myself listening to the same handful of albums or songs or artists or whatever while I'm working on a particular project. And so they kind of become inextricably linked over time. And so anytime I listen to that album, I'll kind of put myself back in the throes of analysis or writing or whatever it happened to be. But this can be anything if they just think the the topic is particularly fitting, or maybe it was a project they really hated or was really difficult in some way. And so they, you know, they choose some something really dark, or it was like their favorite thing they've ever worked on. So they want to throw something bright and, and splashy at it or something like that. 
So kind of zooming out, you know, an ultimate goal of this podcast is Drew and I both, and I think a lot of people in our, you know, in science in general, find a lot of joy when you come across some new paper or some new research that's relevant to what you're doing or something you hadn't thought about before. And similarly, when you find a new artist or a new album or a new song that really connects with you. And I think those are kind of two places that we both find a lot of joy and really enjoy sharing that with each other and with others. So we hope that this podcast will kind of facilitate, you know, that sort of thing, both for us selfishly but also for listeners as well, you know, learning about new research, learning about new topics, and also getting exposed to new music, new genres, new artists that they might not have known before. So to facilitate this, feature episodes that have guests will include links to their website, their Twitter, etc. So you can learn more about their research, find some of the papers that are discussed. And additionally, we will curate a Spotify and Apple Music playlist for each episode that will feature music that was discussed on the episodes, some things that us or the guests are excited about or listening to recently, as well as the supplementary songs that Drew talked about earlier. So feel free to either follow along or listen back to that after the episode so that you can find this music listen to this music that we talk about without having to write stuff down as we go. And again, these playlists as well as information on the guests will be provided in the show notes, including today we'll have a kind of intro playlist with a few of the albums that we discuss later on in this episode. So since we don't have a scheduled guest this week, it's just, it's just Blair and I, we, we thought we would give a little bit more of a detailed introduction about ourselves, the sorts of things that we think about in our research, as well as our musical interests. And so should we just talk about some albums that we've been really digging recently? Or Drew, why don't you start out by telling us a little bit more about what you're uh, working on currently and kind of what your research interests are? Sure. So I'm an evolutionary biologist, and I primarily use genomic data, so sequencing genes and, and regions of the genome to understand how they've evolved. Uh, particularly to understand what evolutionary processes are sort of involved in the evolution of new species, process that we call speciation, as well as how populations adapt to their environments and how this can sort of manifest as variation in their genomes. So sort of really at a, at a broad level interested in the links between adaptation and speciation. And most of my work focuses on vertebrate groups, focusing a lot on snakes, particularly rattlesnakes, as well as my recent work has focused on studying barn swallows, which are these really cool passerine birds that live all over the world. They breed all over the Northern Hemisphere, and they're just this really terrific model organism for studying the roles of sexual selection and speciation, as well as just a number of other cool facets of their biology that we can learn things more generally from studying these animals. So that's that's my stuff in a nutshell, I'd say. What about you, Blair? So my research, similarly to Drew, primarily uses genomic data. A lot of my research is kind of aimed at understanding the mechanisms, what genes and what processes in the cell and in the genome contribute to adaptations. So, you know, unique ways that different organisms have evolved to survive and be successful in their environment. So currently I am actually working on hibernation in brown bears. So using genomic approaches to identify genes and cellular pathways and processes that are involved in various aspects of hibernation. For example, bears become insulin resistant. They go these long periods of time without moving around much, but they don't 
exhibit any degradation of muscle tissue. So, you know, there's a lot of really unique and kind of extreme um, aspects of hibernation beyond just, you know, sleeping for a few months out of the year. Um, So trying to understand what's happening kind of in the genome that allows them to do that. And then more broadly, trying to understand the role of changes in the genome in regions that are not gene specifically. So regulatory regions that control how and when genes are active and how those genes contribute to adaptations. Drew and I both in graduate school worked a lot on rattlesnakes. That's kind of a that's kind of where our, our work started. And I'm still continuing to do some research kind of on the side with rattlesnakes and trying to understand the evolution of venom and other unique aspects of snake biology, um, of which there are a lot. It's a hard world to leave behind. Rattlesnakes are like just they're too interesting. Yes. I'm sure we'll have some rattlesnake people on later. So we'll we'll totally nerd out on rattlesnakes in a future episode. I'm hundred percent sure. So Drew, tell us a little bit about your music tastes. What are you into? What are you maybe not so much into? And maybe a couple albums or artists that you've been really uh, listening to heavily the last couple weeks or months. So I grew up listening to my parents' records when I was like I think I was in third or fourth grade, maybe I, I found an old hi-fi record player, one of these built in like pieces of furniture from the 70s that our neighbor was just throwing out. They put it out on the on their driveway and it, it turns out it was completely functional. It just kind of looked ugly, I think, for the time. I like ran back to my house. I was super excited and I was like, Dad, can we can we keep this thing? And and so we we brought it home and it uh, enabled me to listen to all of my parents' old records. These included things like a lot of Elton John. Elton John's my my mom's very favorite. To you know, Led Zeppelin, Pink Floyd, all of the kind of big sort of late sixties. Booty Blues was a big one. Kansas, just all sorts of stuff. And so I I kind of dove headlong as a little kid into really embracing music from that era. And then I I grew up with older cousins who they were coming up in the grunge era of the early 90s and then and then beyond you know getting into a lot lots of bands like um smashing pumpkins and and things like that and so there i i don't know i see it as sort of a natural trajectory going from really enjoying sort of the the classic rock of my parents era to sort of alternative music through the 90s and beyond and then that ultimately informed my very serious love for heavier music. I think it was just sort of going from like heavier Smashing Pumpkins riffs to then embracing death metal. To me, it's a, it's a natural trajectory. Yeah. So I have developed a pretty keen interest in, in heavy music. Um, and then it's sort of expanded from there. I like a lot of, a lot of different styles. I think I embrace poppier stuff as well. And so but to give you a little smattering of things that I've been really into lately, um, there's a atmospheric death metal band from Denver, Colorado called Blood Incantation. And they are just really terrific. Their music is, or at least their heavy records are kind of a challenge. I mean, they have these long songs that include a lot of different riffs and parts and movements, if you want to call them that. And uh, just these low guttural growling vocals. And it's just, it's a really intense listen, especially the first few times. I mean, you've listened to their stuff, Blair, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you're if you're into heavy music, I think you'd probably be real into them. But if you're you know venturing into heavy music for the first time, they would definitely be a, a difficult place to start. I think you know in addition to those super uh, kind of intricate and heavy and challenging albums, they recently just came out with one that's almost entirely ambient synths and uh, kind of soundscapes and stuff too, which is you know kind of fits their their vibe but in a very different 
way. And that one, you know, for anyone who maybe isn't into the heavy stuff, that one, uh, to me, kind of sounds like something you would hear if you, like, go to a science museum and you're standing in line in the lobby to get some uh, tickets for the planetarium. It's kind of that sort of thing. So maybe a bit more approachable to... It's an incredible listen. Very good to work to. Yeah, yeah. Good background, kind of sci-fi sounding soundscapes. And I think there's maybe even a planet on the album cover, isn't there? I don't remember for sure. Yeah, planetary horizon scapes yeah, sort of yeah. looking into the, the void of space. So that, that album's called Time Wave Zero. Yeah. And if you're the kind of person that um, you do enjoy listening to music while you work, but maybe lyrics and, and vocals become distracting. It's a perfect album because it's just these long, you know, multi, multi movement pieces that it's just synthesizers and a few guitars here and there, you know, but it's, it's very, um, it can just sit, sit in the background while you, you jam on whatever you're doing. So the album that, that you shared with me, Blair, by them came out, I guess it was a couple of years ago now. It's called Hidden History of the Human Race. And it features uh, an album cover that was um, featuring this, you know, alien figure. And I was like, what is this? This is so crazy. And you, you click, you click start and it's just like immediate blast beats and, and, and growling at you. So it's their, their music really goes all over the place. And um, I actually saw them live recently and it was, it was one of the coolest shows I've ever seen. They were just unbelievably together. So, okay. So, Blood incantation on the one hand, Shania Twain on the other. <laughs> Shania is one of my my great loves musically. We have listened to Shania Twain's album Come On Over together quite a bit in the field because it's like perfect music to to listen to while you're going on these long drives looking for rattlesnakes or whatever other critter. Yeah, another big part of our history of music together is these field excursions driving, you know, across the the west of the US to look for rattlesnakes and and other things, which, you know, can be like a 13 hour drive per day. So lots of listening to albums, lots of sharing new albums with each other and like a lot of finding the right album to fit the right vibe at that point in the day, whether it's, you know, driving through sprawling plains or mountains or trying to stay awake when it's like hour 12 of a, a long day drive through like the mountains and stuff like that. So I think that's been kind of a fun outlet for us in the past too, for kind of sharing and bonding over over albums that we like, including that Shania Twain album, which featured heavily on, on one summer's uh, field excursion, I think. Yeah, those trips definitely breed, you know, a need for for variety. Like if you're just listening to the same sort of thing over and over again, it can it can get monotonous quick. So, yeah, that her album Come On Over, I I think it was 1997 when it was released, and it was just like the ultimate smash hit. Like every song on that album is just super famous. So many so many hits. Um, but Lately, I've been listening to the album that I think came right before it. It's called The Woman and Me. And it's like for every up-tempo song, there is a ballad on the album. It's an interesting listen, uh, but it, it's it got some of her other big hits like Whose Bed Have Your Boots Been Under and um, <laughs> Any Man of Mine. I haven't listened to this one, so I'll have to... I'll have to give this one a It's not as a good listen. It's not as like immediate of a I didn't find myself immediately being like, "Wow, I understand why this album was huge with with Come on Over." Yeah. A few of the songs on the album they're just like frankly like a snooze fest, but there's some there's some good stuff on there. Well, I feel similarly um another uh shared uh musical interest of Drew and I is Celine Dion, which is I'd say up there for some of my favorite songs of all time, which I think 
unarguably some of the best pop songs ever written, I think. Um, Amazing. Have her singing them. Um, but, you know, as someone who absolutely loves her a whole lot, a lot of the albums are not necessarily great to listen straight through. Um, <laughs> there's a lot of swings and misses and... and uh, there's some clunkers, for sure. But that being said, when you, you come across one that really really lands it really it really does it and the way they produced some of those albums is is really special they sound enormous yeah at least at least like for for songs like um like us or uh to love you more like every song on that album has love in the name um but that song just it's it's enormous um yeah so while drew was uh listening to pink floyd on a vintage hi-fi in third grade um for contrast my uh first concert was 98 degrees at the state fair which all i really remember about that show is that they came up through the floor no shirts on right off the top so oh wow i think it was a good show from what i remember nick lachey and, and the boys but uh not necessarily a an artist that i've continued to listen to although i should revisit that whatever their one big album was at some point i similarly i got a lot of a lot of exposure to a lot of music from my mom um including things like moody blues and um steely dan and alan parsons project and a lot of these these bands and, and groups that as I've gotten older, it's kind of come back around and there's a bit of nostalgia with it because it's stuff that I heard growing up all the time, but also just like listening to it with an open mind. A lot of those albums like the Moody Blues and stuff like that have, have kind of come back around to be some of my favorites. And, you know, similarly to Drew, I'm, I'm a big fan of heavy stuff. Again, that's kind of one of the initial things that Drew and I bonded over. Obviously, Celine and things of that nature, you know, general fan of pretty much anything rock, indie, jazz, some classical. I've been trying to get into classical stuff more lately. Recently, too, I've kind of gotten pretty heavy into like some classic country and, and newer artists that are kind of doing the classic country sound, um, country music being a thing that I was pretty averse to for a long period of time, um, largely just because I was only hearing the top 40 pop country stuff. Very different sound. Yeah, but more recently, I've been kind of coming back around artists like Charlie Crockett is one that I've been huge fan of lately, who's got a really cool kind of classic vibe um, and sound and pumps out a ton of music i feel like he has like three or more albums a year for the past several years so there's already a nice uh, catalog there for anyone who wants to seek some of that out um but yeah i mean i think the nice thing about about drew and i is that we both you know have i think a pretty diverse set of interests in terms of music but i think we're also both pretty open-minded so you know in the future we we really want this podcast to be a place where people can just share whatever they're into and you know like we're not going to be like oh that band sucks or I, I hate that or anything like that you know it's everyone's taste in music is is their own thing and it's all valuable valuable and I, I think it's great to just kind of hear what different people are into and kind of hear you know things that people like and don't like and kind of how diverse people's musical tastes can be in some cases um, I think is something that both of us just kind of find inherently interesting. In the future, we'll have guests come up with a list of a few albums that are either like all-time favorites or things they've been real into recently, or just for any other reason, kind of suggest that people check out, you know, in the sake of kind of kicking this thing off. I've got a few that I want to mention, and then I think Drew has a few that he'll mention as well. So an album that um, came out yesterday that I've been really into, I've probably listened to three or four times already, is an album called I Walked With You A Ways by Planes. Um, P-L-A-I-N-S. 
And this is a collaborative album from Katie Crutchfield and another uh, artist named Jess Williamson. And it's kind of a classic country vibe um, with really catchy and beautiful songs, really, really great harmonies. I love this album a whole lot. I kind of wish that it came out at the beginning of summer because it makes me want to just like go on a long summer drive, that kind of that kind of feeling. But anyone who's just into country or just kind of good kind of pop songs, I think it would appeal either way. Another album recently that I've been really, really into, and this is one that I shared with you, uh, Drew, is an album called In These Times by uh, Micaiah McCraven, or Micaiah McCraven, um, who is someone I was not familiar with. I think I just came across this on Bandcamp or some other website, but he's a jazz drummer and composer and producer and beat maker. And this album is kind of a mix of jazz, but also in places this really like dense and beautiful orchestration and instrumentation. Even some psych in there too, the acid jazz. Yeah, yeah, a little bit of that too. It's it's really it's a very unique sound, um, and I mean I'm by no means super well versed in in jazz, so maybe the jazz experts would be like, oh, this sounds like this and this and this. But to me, really kind of standout sound of this album, and I think something that I've really liked about it is that I've had it on in the background while working, probably listened to it like ten times this week, and it's really great background music, and that it kind of just goes and it has like a good vibe to it, but it's also really great to just carefully listen to and there's a lot of like unique moments and and things that you might miss if you're just kind of having it on in the background so it's enjoyable at kind of two different levels and third album that i want to mention is i don't know if i've shared this one with you drew or if we've talked about this before but it's an album called your hero is not dead by westerman this came out a couple years ago i think 2020 was maybe my favorite album of that year this guy is a london-based singer-songwriter that from what i have read, I think kind of started out as more of just like a straightforward singer songwriter, just kind of guitar and vocals sort of guy, but started collaborating with a um, producer who did a lot of electronic music. And it's kind of this cool blend of like folk and 80s synth pop. But again, like this, it's really unique sound, um, really catchy, really interesting songs that will have like weird little turns and unexpected changes and things like that. This is been consistently one of my most listened to albums i think since it came out and he just this week announced that he's got new music coming out including a single that just came out that's really really good so i've been revisiting it a lot lately because it's uh getting me hyped for uh new music to come from him as well so drew what do you have to suggest for everybody yeah so first album kind of writing the coattails of your mention of sort of neo country uh music you know the charlie crockett stuff or um you know orville peck type stuff. I've been enjoying that sort of thing as well, as well as going back to, you know, Merle and Johnny Cash and and uh, Dolly Parton stuff from the 70s. But the album that I want to talk about first is by a band called Mount Mariah, which I think I, I know I've shared with with you, Blair. They're they're a band out of I think out of Chapel Hill. And I, I don't know if they're actually active right now because they're um, they're uh, front woman. H.C. McIntyre has been releasing some solo material that's also very, very great. Uh, but their album from 2016 is called How to Dance, and it is just a front-to-back, amazing, like, indie country blend, which is super tasty guitars and just, you know, sort of the emphasis is on just these really great, very well-crafted songs, I think, and um, her voice is is really amazing. She she really kind of sounds a bit like Dolly Parton, um, but also has her own her own tone and and all of that. And that that band features a musician named Jenks Miller, 
on lead guitar, who is the kind of the mastermind of another project that I love called Horseback. So um, How to Dance by Mount Mariah is a is just a really terrific album. I find myself putting it on like all the time. I, I think I got into it, you know, a year and a half ago or something like that. But so that'd be the first one. Um, the second one I'll mention is Madman Across the Water by Elton John from 1971. It's the album that uh, features Tiny Dancer, other than Rocket Man, like maybe his most well-known song. But to I think the the second track it's called Levon. I think that was also a hit, but not nearly as big as Tiny Dancer. But the the, the rest of the album is just really terrific. the The overall tone of the album is um, is pretty interesting and has just it's a really great again front to back listen. And I think. I don't know if you're a fan of Elton John and you're you're you listen to his music a lot. I think that that album stands out as being pretty special in a lot of ways. So in in ways that I can't quite articulate you know, <laughs> in a super precise way. Yeah, Elton's definitely like an artist that I uh, the songs I know I really really like, and I would say like, oh yeah, I like I like Elton John a lot. But for some reason, I've just never really dove in beyond kind of the you know the greatest hits. But yeah, definitely an artist that I need to. Uh, take a deeper dive on sometime because I'm sure there's a lot of great stuff there that didn't make it to the best of lists and playlists and so on. Yeah. Just uh, so many of the album tracks are, are really great. You know, the hits, the hits are awesome. But the, the stuff that didn't receive a bunch of radio play and, you know, hasn't permeated into like karaoke bar, you know, <laughs> constantly being sang songs. Um, a lot of, a lot of those other tracks are, are really awesome. The third uh, we we already talked about it a bit, but the third that I do want to prop up again is is Time Wave Zero by Blood Incantation. I've been listening to it all the time. Uh, it is just a really phenomenal thing to put on, especially for working. It's just it's just so so lush and uh, and and deep and uh, and kind of experimental in some ways to um, album. So Time Wave Zero by Blood Incantation. Awesome. Um, again. Feel free to check out the Apple Music and Spotify playlists that we'll link in the show notes with those albums and anything else that we just happened to mention um, in passing during this episode. Thanks so much for listening to Soundtracks to Science. In the future, we'll have on special guests to chat with them about their musical tastes, the science that they do, and the, the various intersections between them. Today's episode was admittedly pretty music heavy, but in the future, Blair and I will also give some tidbits and nuggets about the sorts of things that we're thinking about, the projects that we're excited to be be working on and, and so forth. You can follow us on Twitter at soundtracks to Psy, number two, and be sure to check out the show notes for a link to this episode's playlist, featured songs, albums, and the artists discussed on the show. And if you like the music that you hear in the playlists, uh, please consider supporting the artists directly by buying music from their website or Bandcamp or going to a local record store. Um, streaming is obviously very convenient and very great and something we do a lot, but is not the best way to support these artists. So keep that in mind. Throw them some money if it's something that you're really connecting with and listening to a lot. If you know a scientist or you yourself are a scientist that wants to be on the show as a future guest, please email us at soundtrackstoscience at gmail.com or connect via Twitter. Again, links to both of those will be in the show notes as well. All fields and disciplines of science and musical tastes are welcome. Again, we want this to kind of be a celebration of all sorts of science, all sorts of music. So anyone who is interested, definitely encourage you to reach out and maybe we can get you on an upcoming episode. Join us next time for another discussion of science and music with a special guest. Thanks again for listening. <laughs>